Hello and welcome to episode 11 of Dimensions of Imagination, an anthology TV podcast. I'm Joey and with me is Jackie. Hello. And we are still on Black Mirror right now and we're going to do our third episode in our, uh, what do you call four things together? A quattro. That, that's the Spanish word for four. Uh, it's a quad. A quad. Our quad of, that doesn't sound right. No, I don't know. Our quad of Black Mirror episodes. Our four episode run. Yes, our four episode run of Black Mirror. <laughs> this is uh, episode three that we are covering, but it's actually in the Black Mirror canon. It is Black Mirror season four, episode three, which means uh, this is in the Netflix era mm-hmm. of Black Mirror, and it is called Crocodile. So you want to give us a rundown, Jackie, mm-hmm. on what All the right. details are? Sure. Uh, written by Charlie Brooker, who has we've talked um, about in each episode. And then it was directed by John Hillcote, who is an Australian, uh, I don't know where I was going with that accent, Australian director, writer, and producer. He was known for The Road, which is that oh. post-apocalyptic mm-hmm. movie with Viggo Mortensen, um, The Proposition, and Lawless. Uh, who got uh, Cormac McCarthy wrote the road, the book, the, the road. Oh, the, so it's based, based on, on a book. Cormac McCarthy. Yeah. yeah, not not the Kerouac road. No, no, it's uh, not that one. Not on the road. It's the road. Oh, gotcha. Sorry. Uh, mm-hmm. Lawless is that that movie with Shia LaBeouf and idea. Tom Hardy where they're Might be. bootleggers? That was a good movie. If that's what it is. Um, and so we have a cast. Well, there's a large amount of people in this um, episode. But I kind of picked through the four main players. Um, we have Andrea Riseborough. I don't even know if I'm saying that correctly. She plays Mia Nolan, and she is our um, protagonist. Okay. Correct? Is mm-hmm. that the right word? Um, and she is an actress and producer. And, fun fact, a former contortionist. Whoa. So uh, she's able to coil her legs behind her head. Did she work in a circus or something i don't know it didn't didn't tell me it didn't tell me why she was a contortionist it just everybody's got to have hobbies i guess yeah useless skill um and then we have um a character whose name is rob he is also um in our episode he uh plays a former i think fling or significant other of Mm. mia and he is played by andrew gower who is a British actor and a singer-songwriter, said he's probably best known for his role as Bonnie Prince Charles Edward Stewart in Outlander, which I guess is a really popular show that I've never watched. I've never watched that. And playing Nick Cutler, the vampire solicitor, in season four of Being Human. And the British version of Being Human is phenomenal. So I don't there was think, an American version. Yeah, I didn't I get as did well. I didn't get as far as season four, but the first um, two seasons were great. Right. His band is called Emerson. I don't know if you're familiar with that band. No, nope, not familiar with that. <clears throat> and then we have um, an auditor played by um, Karen Sonia Sawar, or well, I probably butchered that as well. Um, she plays Shazia Akhand. Um, she's a Pakistani a- actress known for Murdered by My Father, this Black Mirror episode, and um, a movie called Snatches. But those were she okay. didn't have a lot of credit, film okay. credit yet. And then we have Anthony Welsh as who plays her husband. Um, he was in the Personal History of David Copperfield, this Black Mirror episode, and um, Fleabag, which is a show on Amazon. Mm-hmm. 
which I don't particularly care for. Yeah, me either. But I, other people love it. Yeah, so um, those are the four people who basically you know by name. There are many other small characters that we come into contact mm-hmm. with, but those um, those are the four that this kind of na- uh, navigates around. So, but that being said, would you like to do the recap? Yeah, I'll do the recap. I'm going to be pretty quick on the recap this time. Um, I feel like I've been too wordy in the past, so... Uh, this is kind of a spiritual sequel to the entire history of you in a way, mm-hmm. or maybe like a spiritual prequel even, I would posit, and we can talk about that later. But it deals with technology that can show memories um, or recall memories, much like the grain could in the entire history of mm-hmm. you. This is called a recaller, actually. Yeah, this is called a recaller, um, which what do they call bringing the memories back in the entire history of you? Wasn't it Recall. Or was replay. Recollections or something? Oh, we should, I should have redo. That up. Redo. It was a redo. A redo. So it deals with that technology, but basically the uh, the overarching storyline is that we start in the past uh, with Mia and Rob. it's Rob. Mm-hmm. And they're at a disco or some kind of music festival or something, and it looks like they're having a great time dancing, perhaps on some sort of substances. Then it cuts to the next morning, and they're driving home on the road. Now, they could be hungover. They could still be inebriated from the night before. We don't really know, but they're on this desolate road. Um, in Iceland. In Iceland. But is the story set in Iceland? Mm-hmm. It is supposed to be set in Iceland, or was mm-hmm. it just filmed in Iceland? Well, I think it's supposed to be set there. Okay. Because um, everybody in it just seems straight up English. True. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Maybe it was just kind of the accents and everything. Anyway, they're on this this road, and they uh, Rob looks away for a second and hits a cyclist and kills him. And Mia says, "We got to go to the police." And he says, "No." And so they decide to throw the body into a fjord or something like a lake. Is that what a fjord is? <laughs> a fjord. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Is it's a like fjord a, a lake? Um, I think it's like a chasm know. or something. Anyway, yeah. it's a. It's like it's a canyon. A, an Icelandic lake. Um, so they throw the body in there, and they decide to like never speak of it again. And then we cut to the future. Or 15 current day, years. 15 years ahead. And Mia is a successful uh, ar- architect, mm-hmm. right? We don't see Rob at the time, but we see that Mia is married to somebody else, and she has a child. Uh, and she goes to do a lecture at uh, somewhere. Conference. Yeah, a conference somewhere near, not too far away from her house, mm-hmm. but uh, long enough away that she would have to stay in a hotel. When she gets there, Rob shows up, and it sounds like they have arranged for this meeting. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they've had liaisons in the past or what, but she, she was not surprised to see him. He comes in, and he shows her a clipping, a news clipping, of the the person, the cyclist that they killed's wife had gone to the paper and said, I'm still waiting for my husband to come home. He has racked with guilt, and he tells Mia, I am going to write her a letter and tell her the truth because she deserves to know what happens. Mia has a problem with this because she does not want to lose her, her uh, stature as you know in success. So she tells Rob no, and then something happens where I feel, I don't know if she was trying to seduce him, but she kind of hugs him, right? Mm-hmm. And then it turns into a scuffle, and he bangs his head on the floor, and he's bleeding. And then she just takes a turn and chokes him to death, kills him. Mm-hmm. Um, then she has to hide the body. Uh, involved in all this, she looks out a window at some point and sees a another bit of technology. There's this uh, driverless pizza delivery van thing uh, hits a pedestrian. 
and that becomes important later in the story. She does that. She disposes of the body and everything, and then we have this other story of this insurance adjuster. What's her name again? Shazia. Shazia. And she does research based on cases to see uh, if the, I mean, what an insurance adjuster does mm-hmm. to see if the claim is substantiated. Yeah. If they're going to pay out or whatever and how much they're going to pay out. And involved in this is a relatively new technology, which is this recaller thing where they can have people recreate their memories on camera so she can see it. And she'll do things like let them smell a smell or hear a song or something like that. And she can recall. And so, Come to find out, the guy, the person she's interviewing is the person that was hit by the pizza truck thing. And Mia is involved in this because she saw it. And Mm so through her investigation, this uh, Shazia determines it was Mia that saw the accident happen. She goes to her house um, and Mia's not happy about this, but because it's mandated by law, she can't really say no. And it sounds like the police have been using this technology too. Mm-hmm. So anyway, she Mia winds up killing Shazia. And then re, before she kills her, she reads her memories and sees that she's talked to her husband. Her husband will be waiting for her. So she goes through Shazia's house and kills the husband. And then she sees that uh, the couple's child has witnessed her do this. And so in order to keep the child from having the memories read, she it's alluded to the fact that she has killed the child. We mm-hmm. see that in the next sorry, scene. We don't see her kill the child, but the uh, twist of the thing is that uh, the child was actually blind and actually could not have seen anything. Mm-hmm. So she killed the child for no reason, but come to find out there was a Guinea pig in the room, which we saw earlier in the story. And the police use the recaller to see the, the Guinea pigs memories. And the last shot is Mia at her son's, uh, play mm-hmm. and the police arrive and it's left ambiguous, but we assume that, that the police are there to arrest her. So she has killed all these people to cover her tracks, um, to cover up for a murder that, w- or a manslaughter, whatever you want to call it, a killing that was not really her fault in the beginning. Um, but she, she was complicit with it and she does all these things to kind of save her life. Mm-hmm. And it winds up not working out in the end. Um, ends up taking, Vastly more lives than mm-hmm. originally. Um, and this technology is very interesting. It's sort of like the grain. The way I, the reason I said it was a prequel maybe is because it feels like the grain technology in its early prototype state mm-hmm. to where it's not in everybody's, it's not injected in everybody. They have to put this little sensor on, mm-hmm. but you could see the sensor as being like version one of the grain. And mm-hmm. then eventually they put it in everyone. Um, and uh, no one is uh, fully, used to this technology yet it's been used yeah. by the police but now it's being used in uh, you know insurance yeah. fraud and things well and like you that, have so. to like lug around this contraption that plays the memories whereas in um the entire history of you you could throw it up on any screen like they had screens in the taxi cab you could put mm-hmm. it on your tv like um and the the grain technology is like recording your memories and this is allowing people to see the memories you have recalled which they are, uh, they're not accurate in certain mm-hmm. points of this. Like, there's one point where the guy sees, she interviews somebody else mm-hmm. in her detective, the Sh- Shazia interviews somebody else in the detective work. She's like, he's like, oh, they had a lime green jacket on. And she's like, actually, it was yellow. And, and if you watch the shot, it changes while you're looking at it to yellow because mm-hmm. his memory changes. Um, 
you know, it's it's interesting. This one feels more like a parable or a uh, almost like a fable, like Aesop's fable with a moral to it almost mm-hmm. than some of the other Black Mirror episodes mm-hmm. do because there's a lot of sort of symbolism in her wanting to protect her success mm-hmm. and this notion of like, you can kind of see it as people who don't, don't actually kill people in their lives, but kill relationships mm-hmm. and things to get ahead in life. Yeah. And cause she's so obsessed with her success. Um, it feels like there's some, there's some of that going on. I must thought it was almost like a metaphor when you, like when you, teach children that if you tell one lie then you have to tell another lie on top of it and another one and another one so like Mm -hmm. you can't eventually you can't it'll catch up to you because you can't always continue these lies yeah that's that's a whole other it's it's like eventually the truth comes out Mm -hmm. and you can't cover it up especially when you have this technology that allows people to record their Um, memories and again, I think it's it's interesting because in the first um, instance of seeing this, t- we've we've watched three ep- episodes that kind of deal with extremely similar technology, um, and I think this is one of the more recurring types of technology in Black Mirror. I think it's seen across seasons. This particular like m- fascination with memory, memory and body modification in a way mm-hmm. like uh, let's let's upgrade ourselves like let's upgrade mm-hmm. in this case it's not something being added to the body but it's yeah and let's Lincoln, upgrade our memory to see yeah. what it looks like and um the first instance was it being used privately in like the in citizens and then we saw it in the military and now we're seeing it before it reached you know it's at the yeah, police before level that, so yeah. It's interesting. Uh, I guess we've I, watched them in the incorrect order, but <laughs> yeah. Well, this one comes. Le- I mean, after yeah. those, I think um, after all of the ones we've watched, um, I think Charlie Brooker has said that this one is a spiritual sequel to mm-hmm. specifically the entire history of you. Um, he's made the connection between the two. Um, yeah, what do you think? Um, what do you think the title means? Crocodile. crocodile? Mm-hmm. There's one point where she Mia cries when she's about to kill Shazia, mm-hmm. but you almost feel like her her internal heart, her internal soul is gone at that point. So mm-hmm. it feels like crocodile tears, mm-hmm. but I don't know. If that's what that yeah. means. But um, so meaning not real tears, just right. tears out of like going through the motions I guess. yeah and that i think i was just interested so i looked this up um to see what other people had to say and, and most people said that okay um i was reading a vox article like a summary on vox and they actually did some research too and apparently crocodile brains are um almost entirely made up of a limbic system which means that's the system in us that houses our memories and functions that support those mm-hmm. memories, like smell oh, yeah. and taste or like hearing something. So that's what Shazia was activating to get the memories is the limbic system. And apparently in the oh, okay. crocodile brain, that's the majority of their brain is that type of system. Oh, okay. So, so most of theirs is like recalling smells. And so that's from like a predatory sense, yeah. I guess. So they can, they that can was interesting. Uh, also, she's. But, oh, I'm not done. Oh, Sorry. <laughs> but and then I actually looked up to see if Charlie Brooker said anything about uh, it because he often will comment on why he did something. So I found on Wikipedia that he explained that the title came from an analogy that he made <laughs> um, in an earlier draft of the script, and I guess originally um, 
it involved a mom, a woman seeing her mother die tragically. And then he likened that he compared that to this virtual reality trip down a jungle. Hmm. And some, someone might go and see a crocodile and it's calm, not see a crocodile and it's calm. So that's like one road you could take. Or, it sounds ridiculous. I like the other theory better. <laughs> it makes a lot more sense about the crocodile brain. It's serious in the brain. Yeah, the brain. Yeah. Um, also, she's a crocodile is very quiet until it attacks, and she's a very meek, small, mm-hmm. quiet person. Um, I mean, until she's just, she she looks frail and yeah yeah she, she's and so it's interesting that that's that's kind of how a, a crocodile lies in wait until it has to be mm-hmm. violent, and that's kind of what she does. So it, yeah. it kind of makes sense. Um, yeah. This uh, episode had the 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 setting or the the location of the filming in Iceland, whether it is where it is set or not, is definitely almost a character in this um, mm-hmm. this one because everything is is white like mm-hmm. bright white. There's snow everywhere. There's ice everywhere. It's very you can it feels cold watching mm-hmm. it. She feels cold like she, she does is feel cold. she's very pale. Her hair is very like blondish white. I mean, she just Which in the beginning it's not. It's a darker color, mm-hmm. but then when we see her in the present day or the future or whatever, she has this icy white hair. That's mm-hmm. al- it's almost like her like uh humanity has gone away from having covered up this lie for so long and it's gone from long and, hair to like a very short mm-hmm. uh pixie cut yeah so so there is this overall the, the color of white is very important to this mm-hmm. because everything is like contrasting against this white background of these mountains and, and snow-covered hills and it's the most focused on the setting I, that of an episode that we've watched yet mm-hmm. like it's very it has a, more style than some of them do like it's yeah they very, pan across the setting mm-hmm. um the architecture that they use is beautiful yeah and that, that that uh, architect architecture is important because she's an architect, right? Um, which I'm sure has some symbolic meaning because she makes things and mm-hmm. she's she makes things, but in this she's destroying things, you right. know. So, uh, um, well, my favorite part of the episode was um, the play that she goes to watch her son in is Bugsy Malone. <laughs> and I don't know if any of our listeners even know what that is, but it was one of my favorite movies as a child. It's a gangster movie with a cast of all children. And, and we watched musical. it. Uh, we yeah, watched it right after because that. as soon yeah. as I saw this, the music was stuck in my head and we, I made Joey watch it immediately afterwards. And then the songs I've been stuck in my head for the last week. Yeah, I actually enjoyed it a lot more than I expected to. So, so. anyway, <clears throat> yeah, not related to anything, but it was the first time I feel like a, a ref it's a reference to something that we would know. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not so well, far everything in the is intentional by him. So I yeah. I mean they're singing this song about being friends in that particular scene where she gets discovered, mm-hmm. right? So is there's some it, there's some The song is actually we could have been anything that we wanted to be. Okay, but they that version of that song though goes mm-hmm. on to say well, we're friends and yeah, it's a spoiler alert. If you want to watch Bugsy Malone, don't listen to the next thirty seconds. But <laughs> uh, in the end of Bugsy Malone, they're all they're all there's a scene of them all making up and being friends and mm-hmm. being children again. So yeah. there's a sense of uh, innocence, mm-hmm. um, innocence regained, I guess, in that. And so that is juxtaposed with her being guilty, right? Mm-hmm. So, because she's lost her innocence. Um, Interesting. We didn't think I, about I, I imagine, I think everything is, is pretty calculated. Um, okay, so here's my problem with the technology, though. Okay. 
I feel like it's the and maybe because if you liken it, if you go with the theory that it is an earlier version of some of this technology, mm-hmm. it just is so glitchy and it 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 has the most issues for me of any other technology that we've encountered. Like, how are you going <laughs> to get a guinea? Like, how are you really going to watch a guinea pig's memory? Well, that, that yeah, that is kind of. With all of these, and the same is true with Twilight Zone and everything, if we ask too many questions and we ask for them to detail the rules, then number one, we run out of time, and number two, it just kind of falls apart. Yeah. So there are, it is unclear what the rules of this technology is mm-hmm. because they do, she does things like, particularly, she opens a beer for them to smell because the, the, the thing takes the, the accident takes place where there was a brewery so that she wants them to remember that mm-hmm. there's also a reappearance of our favorite song from oh, all yeah. the other episodes mm-hmm. in this. Uh, what's the name of that song? Uh, I wrote it down. Hold on. Oh, uh, we should know this by now because it's right. in, anyone who knows what love is will any, understand. Yeah. So yeah, it was that's the song that is in several other Black Mirror episodes. Yeah. We've talked about it before. It is the song that's playing when the accident happens. Mm. Um, it, I think it's this attempt to like. I think Brooker wants this all to be in kind of the same universe. Mm-hmm. So that's why I think I feel like this is it, this this technology is connected to the grain mm-hmm. somewhere down the line. Um, but I don't know what my point was with this. Oh, she she does things to try to make them remember stuff. So that mm-hmm. they have they need something to make it remember. But how do you make a Number one, how do you make a baby remember something? Right. Which the baby would have had to have, you know, that mm-hmm. done if, if the, the baby wasn't blind. But how do you make a guinea pig remember things? But maybe yeah. the guinea pig's brain is so simple, simple that it can just, you can only read it an but, hour back, but that's yeah. enough or something, you know? But do you, like, yeah. And then it gets into the whole, like, how do babies and guinea pigs store memories like it's obviously not the same as an adult brain so and we're dealing with memory which we've made a point in the entire history of you to say that actual memory is not reliable Mm -hmm. so it doesn't feel like any of this would hold up in court or anything but they don't really go into the details of that maybe it doesn't Mm -hmm. but if it leads them to find her and find i mean they're going to go to her house and find you know evidence of her killing this this poor woman Mm -hmm. um yeah, and there's a. I'm sure the guinea pig is a uh, symbolic too. Um, is it Shazia? Is that her name? Mm-hmm. Shazia, her husband gives her this guinea pig, and she's kind of like doesn't isn't excited about having it. And that's when she mentions that something is wrong with their child, or like mm-hmm. something is not normal. They're having or, so many problems with their kid, yeah. right? That, but they don't need the guinea pig because yeah. Because it would be because it's stressful, so mm-hmm. that is alluded to. But we don't. It's you know it's it's pretty well crafted, and we don't think that the guinea pig or the baby is important, mm-hmm. and that becomes important to the episode. So, mm-hmm. um, talking more about notes, do, how did you feel about the fact that she is not guilty of killing this man in the beginning? So there is a point where she tells Rob, "You did this, and I covered up for you, and you you ruined my life because of it." Mm-hmm. Do you feel like, how do you feel like that plays into like how she, what she becomes, you know, is she, she's not guilty of that crime, but obviously oh, she does guilty these of a lot of other ones. Others. So I think she panics because she doesn't want this life that she has to go away. Yeah. And while she probably could not be convicted of murder, she could be an accessory to a crime and will probably have to do some sort of time. Right. 
which would be a downfall to her career. Right. Maybe not necessarily her family. Well, the public shaming of it would be, it feels mm-hmm. like that's the thing that bothers her more mm-hmm. than anything. She seems like she likes being a celebrity, a mm-hmm. pseudo celebrity. She's as famous. She's, you know, yeah. kind of a rock star of the, uh, mm-hmm. the archaeology world or something. I mean, not archaeology. Um, architecture. Architecture world. Um, it's just like all he wanted to do was write a letter. Like it could have even been anonymous, I guess. Yeah, but we see with this technology, if she knows anything about this technology, if they could trace it back to him at all, he would recover those memories and they would be found out. So, um, yeah, I mean, it it touches on that thing from the entire history of you of like, how would this affect crime? Mm -hmm. Because if you if you knew that there was always evidence of you committing a crime, would that stop you from committing crime? You know, so, yeah, well, but. With the subject, this this device in particular, this recaller, is so subjective because it changes. So if you, it's like a lie detector. People know how to cheat a lie detector. Mm-hmm. So if you learned how to cheat a recaller by reading something else, or just in general mm-hmm. training your brain to think about something else while the recaller was. Well, Shazia tries to do that when she gets hooked up. When Mia hooks it up. No. She tries to not think of that, and it just comes through anyway. You so. mean Mia tries no, no. to do it? Shazia, when Mia hooks up the device to Shazia mm-hmm. to see where she came from and if anybody saw her uh, come right. there, yeah. she tries to blot out the memory of her husband from her brain. Like right. she, There's a moment where she's trying to mm-hmm. stop that, and but it still comes through. It does, because I think that they are in, they are in situations of high emotion. Right. Now, if you were, people can learn how to cheat a lie detector because it's scheduled. So it's like if you can, if you're a sociopath and you, yeah, can well, regulate again, your we don't body fully know how brain. this technology works, so we we can't know. But I would imagine there would be all kind of problems like that with it. I just feel like eventually it's going to be something like a lie detector or eyewitness testimony, which yes, you can present at trial, but it you can't base a decision off of it. So like. Right. That can't be the basis of why you make somebody guilt or say someone's guilty. Well, that's why I said I don't think that this would be hold up in law, a court of law. But um, I did, I did have a moment. Like, I feel like you do have a moment before she kills Rob, where you feel sorry for her that he has put. You know, he's the one who hit this person. They Mm -hmm. could have gone to the police. She might have gotten in trouble for it, but probably not. He kind of lies to her in that moment and Mm -hmm. says, "Well, you'll get in trouble too, or whatever." And like. You do feel bad for her because that would be some he- something heavy that she mm-hmm. was put on her. But then she never goes comes out with the truth on it, and then she goes on to kill all these people. Well, so. and I, honestly, it probably would have stopped with Rob had she not looked out that window because Rob seems like he's in a type of lifestyle where he wouldn't really be missed. Yeah, you know, he's an alcoholic. People would just assume that he had fallen yeah. off the wagon and disappeared or overdosed or something, yeah. and. But the fact that she just did something minor, as minor as look out the window when mm-hmm. she heard the crash. Yeah. So. Yep. Um, it's a. It's. I thought it was a really well crafted episode. It's there's not there's not mm-hmm. any fat on it. It's all trimmed down to the like yeah. important bits. Uh, it felt like it went a lot faster than that last episode it's we watched. Acted extremely well. Everyone's great in it, particularly Shazia. Who who mm-hmm. was that that played her? Um, uh. Kieran Sonia Sawar. Sawar. Uh, she was great. Mm-hmm. I thought she was just really the standout performance in a, in a, in a everybody's great in it, but she she yeah. was really excellent. She was excellent, and I felt like the woman who plays Mia was so haunting, like just 
Yeah. She creeped me out. That's why she feels like this like hollow shell of a person. Mm-hmm. Um, which we're, I think we're to believe that this, you know, this guilt has made her that way. Right. So, so speaking of her, I have a trivia. Okay. Thing. Yeah, go for it. Let's do trivia. So Andrea Riseborough was, the part was originally written as being a male. Yeah. So she came oh. in to read for um, the part of that Shazia got, mm-hmm. the insurance mm-hmm. adjuster. But she pitched it to them. She liked the protagonist role better, and she pitched it to to Brooker and the team of what if it's a yeah what if it's a woman mm-hmm. and then they they were like hmm like yeah I mean how often we don't often see women reduced to that type of desperation and those crimes of passion right like, yeah. I mean we I do because I watch everything true crime but I mean the panicking male murderer is a trope yeah like, right yeah we don't For sure this is kind of breaks out of that a little bit breaks out of right. it the gender change and the fact that she's so like meek as a person like mm-hmm. she's you, you kind of underestimate her and then you see that's mm-hmm. that's the other thing like about the crocodile reference like you see a crocodile it's like kind of cute and kind of like quiet and unassuming mm-hmm. until like it snaps at you you know <laughs> like yeah this one would have to be an albino crocodile because yeah all the white Right. Um, you already mentioned that we hear our song again, mm-hmm. but um, there are uh, so that song is heard in um, the episode we watched Men Against Fire, but it's also heard in Fifteen Million Merits. Mm-hmm. So there's a point in this um, there's a point in this episode where um, Mia is searching through the TV to find a video to kind of help her alibi of what she was doing that Mm -hmm. night. And she chooses a porn film. Well, while she's flipping through porn films, there's one that's called the Wraith girls. And that is one of the shows that's pitched on the network that 15 million merits is on. Oh, okay. Wow. And when she goes downstairs to say, um, to talk to the, the bus boy about the payment or whatever. And she tries to get him to do something. And he's like, well, we can't do that without, approval by the yeah. whatever person he mentions that um he mentions that the host of hot shots which is the show from Miss 15 million minutes oh, okay. um was caught with a, a rent boy in the same hotel yeah. so mm-hmm. you know the, lots of parallel like between it, those it, it two is, this, is a, this is a universe and those same delivery trucks are in the USS Callister episode. Ah, uh, okay. Wow. Okay, but this is the um, exciting one for you, and I don't know if you knew this. Okay. So, and um, the pizza accident happens on Stanhope Road. Oh. That's the name of the... the is it Doug Stanhope? So, it's a possible nod to none other than Doug Stanhope, who you have a picture with. Oh, yeah. Stanhope comedian, controversial stand-up comedian, Doug Stanhope, who I have met before with my buddy Sam... Yeah. He's also, uh, Stanhope is really big in the UK because they, I think the BBC um, had him do, uh, an, an, one of the British TV channels mm-hmm. had him do a segment on some show. Every, so he's a regular yeah. guest on Charlie Brooker's satirical news program. Okay. News, gotcha. news there swipe. He is. Okay. Yeah. Well, then news it. swipe or news wipe. Um, yeah, so he does a segment yeah. on there where he does like a monologue and kind of like yeah. says something crazy. Uh, but you know, he comes from an American perspective and says all this crazy stuff. And 
Yeah, so that's cool. That's yeah. a cool little so bit of I, trivia. I yeah. found that. I thought yeah, it was exciting. Awesome. I'm, I'm surprised you didn't know it. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah. Okay, well, you have anything else about this episode? I don't, do you? No, It's. I think this one had a lot of stuff to... There's a lot of uh, metaphor. I think more so than any of the other ones we've watched as far as like deep texts underneath some of the things. Mm-hmm. And there's probably other things we missed. I didn't notice any red in this episode. We've talked in the past. How I think that red is symbolic in black mirror, mm-hmm. but I didn't notice anybody wearing any red socks or anything like in some of the other ones, but yeah. Why are you grayed out? Um, correct. So uh, I think it's about time for us to rate this. Ooh, I haven't even thought about my rating. <clears throat> I haven't either. I, I forgot we rated shows. Um, well, then let me pull it up real fast. Yeah. I forgot to pull it up ahead of time. So Men Against, just for the Black Mirror references, okay. um, Entire History of You was rated highly. I gave it a 9. You gave it a 10. Mm-hmm. Um, and Men Against Fire, I rated it much higher. I gave it a 6. You gave it a 3. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so this is your, you picked this one. So um, I'm going to give it, whew, I think I'm going to give it an 8. Okay. And the only reason I'm taking points off is because the technology uh, is so undefined as far as what the rules are. Um, there's some plot holes there, mm-hmm. but uh, I, I think it's it's an excellent episode, one of the best. So I'll give it an eight. I'm also going to give it an eight. Oh wow! Have we matched before? We have. We matched mm-hmm. on uh, Gather Ye Acorns from no, Amazing oh, yeah. Stories. Yeah. We both gave that a four. Um, I agree. I think it like. It's not my favorite Black Mirror episode. Um, that's what I would save my 10 for. Uh, but it's beautifully shot. It's well acted. Um, there were just a few too many, like, yeah, but would, like, really, I can't take this a lot of this technology super seriously, I think, because it might be a, an earlier incarnation. Whereas the entire history of you, like, it's a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, there are some, there's not, a full set of rules for the entire mm-hmm. history view, but there's more of a definition of that than in this. So. Mm-hmm. Correct. This is sort of, this requires us to kind of just go along with it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. Um, so because there's been so much talk and we need to round out our episode and thought, why not do one more episode that involves this song? So <laughs> we're going to do uh, 15 million merits next week, which is not my favorite black mirror episode, but Get it out of the way, because we've... Uh, I thought you had a different one you wanted to do. I, I'm not prepared to do my favorite episode. Oh, okay. All right. But, so, because this, I mean, it just, there, there's so, there was so much in this one about 15 million merits, and honestly, that's one of the ones that I watched um, at the beginning of my Black Mirror venture, so I'd like to re-watch it. Okay. Um, and see how I feel about it now, as opposed to then. Okay. Well, it's so. season one, episode two of Black Mirror, so we're talking about the OG, uh, the the full full on British one. What channel was it on over there? It was on BBC. No, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know the channel channels. Four or whatever. I don't know. Um, sorry, English friends. <laughs> uh, so fifteen million merits. It's on Netflix. Uh, it is a long one. I think it's about an hour and a mm-hmm. half long. It's like some of those early ones are kind of feature length. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so we will watch that, and then we will get back to you and have another episode. So thanks a lot for listening. Jackie, you have anything else you want to contribute? Um, <clears throat> send us an email, dimensionsofimagination at 
gmail.com or we are on Twitter at DOI Podcast. Maybe we'll do some other things eventually, social media wise, but that's what we got so far. Yep. And we're on Spotify and uh, on Apple Podcast. Whatever that Apple mm-hmm. thing is. So uh, I guess we're out. Bye. Thank you.